because of the way several verses were, I understood them prior to taking your class and reading your book. I really kept quiet a lot of times, even because of being in a mixed Bible class. Welcome to the Eden Podcast, where we true the verse of Genesis 3.16, and we discover that God didn't curse Eve or Adam or limit woman in any way. This is Workshop Wednesday. I'm Bruce C.E. Fleming, Executive Director of the True 316 Foundation, and we're the home of the Eden Podcast. Our website is tru316.com. On Workshop Wednesday, we like to interview those who've gone through the Eden Workshop or the Beyond Eden Workshop, Back to Eden Workshop, Because of Eden Workshop. That's all. We have four. And uh, and they're wonderful Zoom meetings. And we get to pe- meet people like today's guest, Mimi, our co-host. Would you introduce her, please? Yes, it's a joy to see a workshop student here named Jamie Chukalot Hamill, and she's from Southeast Oklahoma. She and her husband celebrated their 30th wedding anniversary this year. They have two adult children. She's an avid podcast listener, which includes the Eden Podcast. She believes these are wonderful avenues for Bible study, and she is grateful to live in a time and place where God's word, study tools, and online communities are so accessible. We welcome you to the Eden Podcast, Jamie. It's great to see you again. Thank you, Mimi. It's great to be here. Well, Jamie, we we like to we want to talk to you about the workshop and how that's changed your life or helped you in any way. But first, I want to find out about you. Can you tell us more about how you got to know Christ and uh, began to grow in him? Sure. So I was raised in church um, in a very conservative context. Um, I worshiped with a group probably of 100, 200 or so people, um, came to faith pretty early on, about nine years old. Um, I, uh, was baptized and, um, you know, became a teenager eventually and kind of, uh, in the tradition that I was a part of, um, I, you know, kind of strayed a little bit and that was frowned upon. And so the tradition, you know, said things like, well, you know, if you sin too much, then you probably weren't really a Christian. So uh, I went forth again, was baptized a second time, (laughs) and then, uh, you know, just kind of continued on. I met my husband, and he was a part of a different tradition, and that tradition taught that, you know, you needed to be baptized for specific reasons, and so I was uh, baptized again. So third time was a charm and I don't plan to be baptized again. (laughs) Um, But the thing that I do want to mention is that, you know, all that time um, I had a very close relationship with God, even though in my teen years where I was, you know, straying, um, I still loved God. Um, And so just was trying really hard to figure out how to do it right, um, if you will. And so really probably in the last, I would say seven years or so, I've really grown closer to Jesus and, and kind of, I can see where, um, 
that was a part of my journey, you know, to do all of, all of those things. I realized now that Jesus was with me through all of those things, um, that both traditions have their own, um, different ways of thinking about things and that's okay. Um, but through this last about seven years, you know, I've just gotten to know Jesus more and, um, I'm very happy with the way that things are kind of, <laughs> and I'll get into that a little bit more later. Um, but you know, what I would just say to someone is that Jesus loves everyone. I know we sing the songs and, and we know that, but, um, really experiencing just, uh, time with him and prayer, um, in different ways than what I had grown up with has just brought me really closer to him. Wonderful. So. Wonderful. So when, when the Holy spirit comes into our heart, you have skills and talents and training, mm -hmm. but you also get a spiritual gift or two or more. Uh, and sometimes it takes a while to discover that and put it into practice. What, what's your ministry story, Jamie? So um, when I was a part of that second tradition, well, actually, you know, even as a younger person with the first um, church tradition, I loved teaching. I was always involved with vacation Bible school with the little children, oh, yeah. um, loved doing all the crafts and things with them. Um, and then later in life, um, I became involved with the ladies ministry at the, um, the church that uh, we were a part of. And so, you know, I feel like as a teacher, one of the things that I do is not really to teach per se, or I guess it is teaching, but I call it more of facilitating, um, that I would just kind of bring forth some ideas and then we would have discussion. So I felt like I was more of a discussion facilitator and to help people um, discover more maybe out of the text than what they had uh, previously thought of. Um, I was told more than once by people from that tradition that, you know, I've never really thought of the scripture in that way, um, you know, with various ways that I would just come at things that I read, you know, especially about when Jesus is walking the earth and things that he said and did and um, just ways of just reframing all of that to try to make him more real to people. And so um, that's, that's my gift, I would say. Um, one of the things that I guess bothers me is that, um, and I even mentioned this in the workshop that I was a part of, that because of the way several verses were, I understood them prior to taking your class and reading your book, I really kept quiet a lot of times, even in, because of being in a mixed Bible class um, where I would have an intelligent thought, um, but didn't really want to share it because I felt like, you know, that in some way I would be sinning. Um, and so, you know, I could have possibly benefited someone from just going ahead and speaking up. So I feel right. like that was an area that, um, maybe not a failure, but definitely just, uh, I have a better understanding now, um, and would, would speak up in those cases. Like I'm speaking to you, Bruce. <laughs> so, you are. I, I don't I feel that. like I'm sinning at all. <laughs> no, I noticed you were speaking. Um, <laughs> earlier today, I was, I was speaking at a local church and we were talking about Ephesians five and being filled with the Holy spirit. 
and how the Holy Spirit, it says, be filled with the Holy Spirit in most translations, but the Greek kind of gives you the idea that this is an ongoing process. So it's be being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I gave him the illustration of an artesian well where the water just comes up and then keeps coming up and keeps coming up. And so now what happens around an artesian well is, is you get a, you, in, the, in the desert, you get an oasis or you get a down, you get a stream because the well keeps bubbling up and then it starts forming a stream going downstream. And a lot of things I feel that people don't understand about the passages, Paul says, be being filled. And then he tells us what that looks like. So the very first part of 519, 519a, he says, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And you can see from Colossians, that verb means teaching and correcting one another. So as the Holy Spirit bubbles up in your heart, that's part of the fruit of the Spirit is that you, you do teach and you do correct one another and then verse 21 the response is that we then submit ourselves to that correction that you're giving us so the holy spirit maybe in those cases i don't know is that what's going on there was a there were some christians around you that could have submitted to your teaching and correction that didn't get it correct yes which, that's which, that's exactly how i would describe that um just maybe the tradition is still there. They do not, you know, allow women to serve in ministry roles other than with other women. Um, and I've, as I shared with Mimi in, in my bio, I, you know, I'm not a part of that tradition currently. Like we have have left that particular group. Um, and so, yes, I I uh, I could have helped with that but did not. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, if they if they shut people down, they think they're doing the right thing, don't they? They do. And they need to think again about those verses. So Yes. Absolutely. That's a problem. I I got to make a commercial. The next the workshop number 3 where we do this, we go to back to Eden. This book is on 1 Timothy 2 and 3, and we explain how that this passage doesn't shut women down. In fact, it, Paul, Paul is talking about how to encourage even the wayward women overseers to get back into the ministry and keep rolling. So, and yet people think, I respect it when people are trying to do the right thing, but I'm not happy when they when they end up doing the wrong thing. So that's why we're out there trying to teach and true the verse of Genesis and, and other passages. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I got a question for you. Do you have a do you have a true 316 story for us? I do. So um back, I want to say early 2022, um, my friend uh, Julia Kaut, who also took one of the classes or maybe a couple with you guys, mm-hmm. um, she really introduced me to you, Bruce, um, and and was telling me about your podcast and your books. She let me borrow um, the Women and Men book. Um, so I, you know, was looking through all of that and um, just that really led me to listening to your podcast, which I truly enjoy, um, as well as, you know, the books, um, as two and the classes, the workshops are great. And to be able to discuss, you know, the verses amongst each other. Um, but I would say really my beginning, um, learning just 
what is really said in Genesis 3.16 and, and the way that you talk about, you know, polluting the water um, at the beginning really makes, you know, downstream polluted. <laughs> and that that has been so helpful to me to learn the truth about that verse. Um, and it's helped me a lot with um, kind of the excavation journey is what I'm calling it versus deconstruction, but um, wow. helping me to really see uh, the truth of how God created a good world with two humans that were good humans that he loved very much mm -hmm. um, and that he never cursed either of them, um, but rather cursed the ground and the serpent. And so um, that has just been very, very helpful to me um, to you know, just help me love God more um, and recognize that, you know, we, we live in a good, good earth that he created a good creation that he made. And yes, it's in a state of war right now because of all the evil that's here. Um, but kind of the way that I always heard, heard it, I don't know if it's the way that it was intended to be taught, but um, what I understood was that the world is bad. You know, everything here is bad you know, God is really mad at us and one day he's going to burn it all up. You know? And so, I mean, but just understanding that, no, that's not accurate. Um, yes, there is bad in the world, but that's not how God created it. He started everything good with good humans, um, Adam and Eve, they were misguided. They did something wrong, but it, it's more of a redemption cycle versus a condemnation cycle um, is how I look at it now. So. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's refreshing. You know, there are people who think that chapter two of Genesis is a sweet and nice and wonderful loving story. And then chapter three is an awful, terrible, rotten story. And, and you can't trust God. Right. But you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you <laughs> Absolutely. Can. Yes. It's, I mean, it's just, it's meant so much to me to hear that story from that perspective of thinking of the creator God who, you know, he had told them that when they ate of the fruit that they would die immediately, but they didn't die. <laughs> so he has so much grace. I mean, we can see the grace and the mercy from right there at the beginning and that he chose to not let them eat from the tree of life because if they were in the state that they were in and continued on living that way, what a terrible existence that would be. So um, I see it now completely different than the way I used to see it. Yeah, now they're mortal. They became mortal, mm -hmm. and they were aware of their. Well, they hid. They tried mm -hmm. to cover themselves up. So right. the, in Genesis two and three, we have a chiasm, which is like a rainbow or a bell curve, and when you enter the Garden of Eden, then you get to the top, experience of the Garden of Eden, and then you're out of the Garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. So there's that kind of a pattern, and so the key verse of all of this is two twenty five. They were naked and unashamed. Mm -hmm. A great relationship between him and her and yep. a great relationship between him and her and, and him and or her, well, God, <laughs> the creator. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was, that's the main point, you know, that we need to take away from the Garden of Eden. Absolutely. So, yeah. We Beautiful. used to live, we used to live in Africa and there was a tradition there that uh, they use a mortar and pestle, which is like a large wooden hammer and, and they, and they, and a big wooden bowl and they, and they put the corn or whatever, and they keep pounding it. That's a, it's a hard way to you know grind your grain mm -hmm. and uh, the story was that back in the beginning that heaven was real close to earth and that uh, the women 
who or maybe one woman every time she raised up her hammer to bring down bring it down she banged against the floor of heaven and irritated god so much with her banging that he pulled heaven away mm. and the, and the creator and all goodness that mm. came with the creator went away way far away all because of her so they already had a bad view of women just from their own traditional story and then when they thought that eve was a was a sinner and a rebel on purpose and it was her fault it just it just which is not what genesis really teaches right but uh, yes. they they just said we've got to we've got to look out for uh, bad people who chased all the goodness of heaven away and are 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 probably going to cause trouble for us too so we have to keep our eye out and make them submit and make them be quiet and yeah i appreciate the way that you bring out that you know adam was right there and could have said something but either he wanted power which i you know i don't know like he was well, he, he was he was he was listening so the serpent was talking to him too right he was exactly. listening and when she got done talking, then he got, you know, when she got done eating, he got, he said, I'm, well, I'm going to follow. Right. Yeah. I'm going to eat too. Mm -hmm. On purpose. On purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So I do appreciate that you brought that out. I mean, that really was something I never considered. I don't know why, but you know, as you're reading through it, it when you read something so many times, you know, it becomes kind of white noise, I guess. And you don't really hear all the context. And so, you know, you bringing that out that yes, he was standing right there listening and he had been the one who actually, we know for certain received the command from God. Whereas we don't know that she received it directly from God. It doesn't say we can assume that probably she didn't because of the way that she repeated it to the serpent. Oh yes, we can eat from you know, any tree except the one, and we can't even touch that one or we'll die, you know, and, and we know that with, that God didn't say that second part to Adam. He just oh, don't, said, yeah, we don't know that he, he might've told her not to touch it. We just don't know. Right. The, the big deal is the big deal is she ruled over him. You know, there, God says, uh, you know, be fruitful and multiply and rule over. And mm -hmm. so when this serpent started saying the wrong thing, yep, right. she, she corrected him. She did. Yep. And then, then he kept lying and hammering at her. And so, you know, eventually deceived. And her other half didn't come to her aid and say, no, we're not going to do this. He no, because he I, didn't he like the idea. Now, we have to be careful okay. where the Bible's clear. <laughs> we want to be clear and where the Bible's not clear. We don't want to be clear. You know? mm -hmm. But so we've got we, we've got that. We do know we do know. That when God said, you know, who told you you were naked, right. the serpent had been speaking. So there's a voice I could refer to. And the man didn't talk about that voice. Mm -hmm. They were attacked by the serpent tempter with that voice. And got, and the man didn't even bring that up. Instead, he said, well, the woman you gave to be with me, the woman you gave to mm -hmm. be with me, he's blaming two other people who weren't weren't even involved so there's a rebellion going on here there's a there's a twisting of just like the serpent twisted stuff mm -hmm. well if people want to go deeper into that i encourage them to to get the book of eden or or to take the eden workshop right that's that's mm -hmm. the way to because we talk about these things don't we in the workshop in the zoom and we go through things yeah. yes yeah so did you have mimi was leading the workshop when you went through it mm-hmm Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. I did. Um, 
Let's see. I did back to Eden and beyond to Eden were the two that I did. I haven't done um, the actual Eden workshop yet. But you sound like you know what the book of Eden says. Because I've listened to your podcasts that speak about it. (laughs) So, and I, that's like I said, I love listening to podcasts and I spend a lot of time listening and absorbing and then I'm hearing it, you know, from you. And then I also hear it from other places as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I have like two other podcasts that speak similarly about Genesis one through three. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's very nice to know that the word is getting out. (laughs) and that you guys are you know really leading that charge yeah we are we're trying to (laughs) we're trying to well i I asked asked mimi to give us a zinger question here so i think i hear it coming from mimi what's your what's your question (laughs) well a little bit of a summary but um jamie you shared how in the beginning you know when you were younger you heard different messages and traditions and then you've been on this excavation journey um how has the information from the True 316, has that been a foundational part of your excavation? Because here you are excavating, you know, (laughs) or like some people call it deconstructing. So then you want to build a strong foundation once you discover new truths and, Mm -hmm. and settle on things. So has that been a big part? And then how would you encourage others who are a little disillusioned and confused with some of the messages they and, you know, have heard, but yet don't seem to quite coincide with God's heart or Jesus and when he was on earth. So how would you encourage them in the process? Because it sounds like you found your way. And yeah, I found my niche, I would say in, and as I mentioned in um, that, I don't like the word deconstruction as much as excavation. And the reason why, you know, deconstruction is it's become such a a very well known and used word that some people don't reconstruct after deconstruction, that they walk away from the church. I don't know that that's as prevalent as maybe the media would want for us to think. Um, I think there's a lot of people like me who, um, are excavating, like they're trying to find the truth. I've heard other people call it disentangling um, from uh, teachings that were inaccurate, um, inaccurate, and um, just trying to, you know, find the truth somewhere in there and it's there. Um, And so what I would just say to someone who is disillusioned is don't give up because God is good. if there's one thing you can believe is that God is good, um, God loves you and, you know, just keep going um, keep digging, keep questioning. Um, there's not a whole lot that we can be certain about. I mean, there is a lot, let me see. <laughs> but to be so dogmatic about certain things um, like men and women relationships um, you know, the way that they are understood currently without going back to the context, the way that Bruce teaches it, you know, just don't be so certain that those things are accurate the way that I did. And, you know, allow that to keep you from being that um, well for others that you could be. Um, So just keep digging, keep keep searching and listening to the Eden podcast because it is a great resource. Um, take part in the workshops because those are also wonderful um, to, to talk about those things in community. And so 
yeah, I just appreciate you guys very much. Uh, it's time for a commercial. Thank you for those kind words. So if you want to get in a workshop, you just simply go to true 316, so tru 316com slash workshop. <laughs> and that's, that's how you can find the four workshops and we're offering them as, as much as we can. And you can get involved and take one of those workshops. And uh, we, as long as you, as, as you can, just keep looking in the word. Mark Twain used to say, it's not the verses in the Bible that I don't understand that bothers me. It's the verses I do understand that bother me, you know, <laughs> or some version of something like that. Well, what, look, let's, there are plenty of clear verses in the scripture. Let's focus on those. And while we're at it, let's clean, clean up the rest as much as we can. Yeah. yeah. Well, half the church is hurting from some of those bad verses. So we're out there to true the verse. Thank you so much for joining us and working with us on this today. Yeah, thank you guys so much for asking me. It's a privilege. Okay. Yeah, it's been great to see you. And a shout out to Julia Cout, who's your friend and mine too. Uh, Yes, thank you. Uh, Okay. uh, Okay, thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye. True 316 Foundation is the home of the Eden Podcast. Join us for $3.16 a month or more. Let's true the verses on the key passages on women and men. Go to true316.com slash partner.